listening to Weekly Wisdom, the podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Haddonfield, New Jersey. This episode is a sermon by Reverend Nikki Basante based on Luke 1, verses 46 to 55, also known as the Magnificat, Mary's song of praise after she receives the good news that God has called her to give birth to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. We hope that you'll enjoy the sermon about the power of Mary's sermon and the power of song to transform our lives and portrayed on Christmas cards. The New Testament name for the mother of Jesus is Mary, which is traced back to the word Miriam. There's a lot of debate about the etymology of that word, but possibilities include sea of sorrow and incensed rebellion. What a thing to say. My soul magnifies the Lord through compassion and resistance through seas of sorrow and incensed rebellion, the substance through which Christ was born. In the 1970s, old Anastasio Somoza was the political leader of Nicaragua. Anastasio was the last president of his family, the final footnote to a family that ruled in Nicaragua for more than 40 years. While expanding their own wealth, the family showed little regard for how they obtained their riches, But while he reigned, the peasant farm workers, known as campesinos, were required always to carry a document that showed proof that they voted for him. And the people jokingly called that document the Magnificat. Methodist missionary and theologian Stanley Jones writes that the Magnificat is the most revolutionary document in the world. It says that the passage of the gospel disturbed the Russian czars mightily, so much so that it was banned. William Barclay states that if the Magnificat had been preserved as a psalm outside of its original context, we might have taken it to be the manifesto of a political and economic revolution. The people of Nicaragua, however, have always been fond of reciting it. It is the favorite prayer of the poor. And superstitious campesinos often carry it as an amulet. Magnificat, above all, speaks revolution. Like the campesinos, Mary too lived under political occupation and tyranny, a society which allowed nobody to grow rich and powerful except political collaborators and all those who would exploit humanity for gain. You know, Advent is the most political season of the church year. Think about all the hymns and all the music you've been listening to for the past few weeks, and particularly the preludes and postludes that Lucas has been playing. I don't know if you've noticed, but the music of Advent is minor key texts merged with hopeful melodies in ways that don't quite create comfortable sing-alongs. These bittersweet and sometimes even disturbing melodies are true reflections that joy to the world comes at great cost for the Christ. This is how it must be, friends. Sometimes God's got to get the spiritual broom and sweep some stuff out. I went to every Christmas Eve when I have to stand up here at the lectern and read Isaiah 9, when it talks about garments being rolled in blood as fuel for the fire. 
Advent and Apocalypse always go together. You can't have one without the other. But what does Mary do? What does Mary do? Facing a shameful future as an unwed mother, what does Mary do? She sings. With Herod hanging over her shoulder, what does Mary do? Mary sings. In the midst of compassion and resistance, through seas of sorrow and rebellion, she sings. From Mary, this day we learn about miracles and how to receive them. If you look at the Gospel of Luke, and if you join me there, you will see that they're singing all over the place. It is a Broadway musical in the first three chapters. The song of Zechariah, the song of Simeon, and the oracles of Elizabeth matched only by Mary's Magnificat. At the very least, St. Luke is telling us there is something here for us to hear. In an article about the science of singing together, the author writes that singing is beneficial in a number of ways. Not only does it forge social bonds, it promotes happiness and well-being, improves physical and mental health, and even reduces pain. Music has been used in different cultures throughout history as a healing ritual and is used in our own culture as therapy. It is one of the most accessible forms of blessings. Years ago, when I was in Richmond, while I was still in seminary, my friend Angie Conover was the activities director at a local nursing home, and she would always invite me over, particularly during the time when it was activities for Alzheimer's patients. And I would pull up to the piano and just play some hymns in the room, and they'd all slowly wheel over. And don't you know, they remember the words to those songs every single time. God, St. Luke tells us there's something about singing that is here for us. But instead, I want to say a little bit more about a particular song. It was a song that was sung by a woman named Charity. And I want you to know I checked with our most lovely congregation member before I shared this story. But Charity was Al Ritchie's hospice music therapist. Al Ritchie, for those who may not know, is a longtime beloved member of this congregation who went on to great glory fairly recently. But Charity was Al's hospice music therapist, and here was a caregiver that was a fantastic singer, but she wasn't just any hospice music therapist. Charity was an anointed music therapist. She pulled out her guitar one day, and this was after Al had been unresponsive, and, and she sang in the garden to him over and over again. And most of the time she sang, Al would have his eyes closed. And then one day, Charity sang in the garden. She put her guitar in its box and packed it up, and all of a sudden Al opened his eyes and looked at her and said, Hello. And as Charity was packing up, Al started singing a cappella in the garden. And so she stopped, and she joined him. And they sang a cappella together. It had been years since Al and Jenny had sung that hymn, but it was their very favorite hymn when they were in the church fellowship in Pennsylvania. But after all these years, somehow, Charity connected musically with Al. Friends, the, the soul 
has its own ears that hears things that the mind will never comprehend. And so when I think of God, I think of a song. It's a song that moves me. It's a song that has melody and has groove and it has a certain rhythm. And you know, people have heard this song for thousands and thousands of years across continents and cultures and time periods. And people have heard this song and they have found it captivating and they've wanted to hear more. Now, there are always people who say there is no song and deny the music, but the song keeps playing. Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. He wasn't born for that purpose. Jesus came to show us how to live in tune with this song. Jesus came to show us how God is, his generosity and compassion and taking on flesh and blood. That's what God's like. In his telling of the truth, that's what God's like. In the flipping over of tables, that is what God is like. Through compassion and resistance, through seas of sorrow and rebellion. That's how the song goes. There are folks that talk everything about singing the song, but they can sing way out of tune. There are those that say, I can't sing, but of the music that comes from their lives. The question is whether or not you are playing the song. The question is, for us this Christmas season, whether or not we are in tune. To whom it may concern out there, God may have some of you in a season of I don't understand, or this doesn't make sense, or why do I have to be the strong one for the reason for this season? We can learn from Mary that the instructions that God is sending for you is not going to compete with your logic. Trying to figure out God's why God is pushing you here or there is going to cause you to miss out. Move when God says move. Go where God tells you to go. Release what God tells you to release. Magnify what God instructs you to magnify. As Job 36.11 states, do it the way God told you to do it. Don't let the circumstances in the natural influence the instructions you receive in the spirit. Obeying God may be uncomfortable, but it's not complicated. Blessed are you among women, because you are about to witness a miracle and to be part of a miracle. Blessed are you among women, because though the cycle of birth is as old as life, it is now to be renewed in you, Mary. Blessed are you, blessed are you, who despite all the evidence to the contrary, believe in the power and truth of God's word. We each have an unction from the Holy One. May you hear with healed ears. May you see with healed eyes. And may we sing together of our broken lives so that we might find healing. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory and power to the one who is able to keep us from falling. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review this podcast so that we can reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. To support our ministry, 
go to www.haddonfieldprez.org and click on the Give tab at the top of the page. Grace and peace be with you.